Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach. I work at Strength Guild. Um, I'm a traveler. I'm a powerlifter. I'm a Highland Games athlete. I'm potentially the most sore I have ever been in my back right now. Nice. Uh, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, uh, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, faculty member of the Kerrig Institute, other places, and I am in Washington today recording this bright and early. So. Washington? State, state state, or District of Columbia? Oh, uh, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we're actually right near Portland right now, so gotcha. yeah. Now wait, what what's out there? Uh, visiting some of Jody's uh, family and friends for a few days. Oh, just personal. Okay. Yeah, just kind of hanging out, and yeah, I might see a couple of gyms, and hopefully, I meet up with a couple other people. But yeah, it's been fun. Well, we're going to catch up with Phil later, everybody, about his exploits in new gyms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, plus the big meet that happened. Yeah. Um, let's start with the mail and news quickly here. Strength and muscle sport news. We have one mail from Andrew. This is a follow up to that supplement paper that came out that I was sort of fussing about Mm -hmm. uh, how it was vague and not very helpful. Uh, He's in general agreement. He says, um, hey, guys, a couple of weeks ago, I listened to the episode where you, Phil, and Mike did an awesome job pointing out some skeptical and weak points of the study done by Flora Orr and colleagues. Uh, Some issues with the paper is that it used an observational study design. Uh, They looked at multiple groups of people ranging in age from just a few months to 25 years of age. They also didn't mention in the paper uh, which supplements were about weight loss versus muscle building or energy increasing supplements. They didn't mention brands uh, that were being reported by the FDA and analyzed for the paper. The researchers mentioned all the supplements like they're one thing. Uh, And they won't disclose any details in the abstract, which everyone else does. And then he just goes on to say, I'm just going to summarize, I feel like this paper is simply rocking the boat. So um, everybody, if you remember, there was that paper that came out about how dangerous dietary supplements were and, you know, hepatotoxicity and all these different things. And I don't know, like uh, suggestions about steroid contamination and this and that. So um, thanks, Andrew, for that. Uh, I guess we agree. (laughs) I don't, it's it's not helpful just to try to reopen this vagary, right? Supplements are automatically anadrol or something like that, you know, as far as being mm-hmm. hard on, on your liver or whatever. So, yep, got to be careful. Yeah, with I listened to you guys the full paper, and there wasn't hardly any details in the full paper. <laughs> it wasn't just wow. the abstract. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, maybe, I mean, they maybe they really are just trying to rock the boat, like Andrew says, and, you know, it's... I don't know, reopen that bandwagon, you know, that all dietary supplements are bad. The truth is, whether you're a sports enthusiast or not, people are going to have to get their head around the idea that not all foods 
come prepackaged in some way or, you know, they might be a nutrient in a powder or a pill. And there's pros and cons with that kind of stuff. But it, it that it, they're here to stay. You know, it's not just you can't keep trying to link it back to hepatotoxic drugs used by bodybuilders in the past or something like that. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, look at creatine. We just reviewed that a little bit extra even last week. And it's just it just reinforces the confusion, unfortunately. But whatever. Uh, three tiny bits of uh, news here. This one is from Spink Health. I got it through Eureka Alert, just like a news catcher. Researchers warn that junk food could be responsible for the food allergy epidemic. Now, I'm usually down on this idea. So many people think they have food allergies, and even though it's a single-digit percentage of the population, I mean, even, a tiny fraction even of they have multiple food allergies, right? So we go a little crazy about this stuff sometimes. Uh, and this sort of addresses, it says, at the 52nd annual meeting of the European Society for Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition, uh, there were results presented that show higher levels of advanced glycation end products, so AGEs, uh, that are found in abundance in junk food are associated with food allergies, at least in children. And again, now, this is one of those correlation, right, observational things. It's not causal. Uh, researchers were from the University of Naples. It says the study revealed a significant correlation between subcutaneous levels of advanced glycation end products, or AGEs, and junk food consumption. And then they go on to say AGEs are proteins or lipids that become glycated or gummed up, right, after exposure to sugars and are present at high levels in junk foods uh, deriving from their sugars, uh, processed ingredients, microwaved foods, and roasted or barbecued meats. That last one might make you sad. Um, mm. AGEs are already known to play a role in development and progression of different oxidative-based diseases like diabetes and atherosclerosis. It says um, the incidence of food allergies on the increase it, it, uh, globally, and people are wondering why, and it says the prevalence is reported now to be as high as 10%. In some countries. So again, usually I say single digit, and that shows that it's going up a little. Um, according to Roberto Bernie Canini, quote, as of yet, existing hypotheses and models of food allergy do not adequately explain the dramatic increase observed in recent years. So dietary AGEs may be the missing link. I guess the, the practical take home here is... Um, you know, don't eat a bunch of pre-processed food. Try to minimize microwaving sugar and fat combos. Um, Mike, have you seen anything about AGEs lately? Um, a little bit. I was going to mention one other study here that was actually that popped up in. It was uh, uh, listeners can get it. It's an open access review <clears throat> on contribution of impaired insulin signaling to the pathogenesis of diabetic cardiomyopathy. Sounds like a whole bunch of mouthful, but in one of in that study, which is an open access one, they can just Google the title and it'll pop up. Uh, one of the causes uh, of that, so of uh, cardiac issues from uh, diabetics, uh, was actually AGEs, which is something I, you know, kind of been you know familiar with, but I probably wouldn't have put it down as a direct cause. Um, they also had, of course, insulin resistance at the muscle level. Um, they had AGEs as one of the other uh, mechanisms, increased production uh, of them, which screws up a bunch of cell signaling. 
uh, lipotoxicity, right? So an increased amount of fats that that hose up insulin sensitivity, and then ROS production and mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that that kind of popped up in there as as one of the causes there also. This is sort of on the heels of what we were reporting just a couple of weeks ago about that link between processed foods leading to right. more fat gain just because they're processed, essentially. You know, so it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature, I guess. Um, you know, it's funny. Just yesterday, I bought two glycation meters. <laughs> maybe oh, the really? maybe the most obvious. Right, well, it's just hemoglobin A one C. Yeah, but yeah. Um, maybe the most obvious way to look at that is if you're, you know, the whole idea is if your red blood cells hemoglobin, everybody gets gun gummed up. Uh, it's because you've had high blood high blood sugar. So instead of just doing a finger prick for blood glucose, which is very acute, it kind of gives you an average amount of what your blood sugars have run over the last month. You can see some sort of charts online and Google image it and whatnot. But anyway. Yeah. If I remember right, and I got this from Dr. Eric Serrano, and I, I might have bastardized it, but I think he said by looking at, it was either wrinkles in the back of your neck or on your wrist, maybe a rough indication of AGEs? I'm not sure where that came from or if there's any truth to that, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. I don't think it's going to keep Phil from eating barbecued meats in the summer. But. No, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. you got to draw the line somewhere. Fire. <laughs> Fire and the ability to cook meat is what set us apart from the other animals on this planet. So I'm going to keep putting my meat over fire. Okay. So. You know what? Phil, you, it's almost like we're professionals. Here's a segue then to the next one, to the next news blurb. Do we really need exercise? This is by Annie Lennon. I got this from labroots.com. It says uh, physical fitness is typically related to better physical and mental functioning. Of course, all our listeners know that. But why is this? Some of our nearest cousins, chimps, bonobos, orangutans, gorillas, uh, are able to remain healthy at low activity levels even though they typically spend 10 hours a day resting, grooming, and eating, uh, and uh, another 10 hours a day sleeping. But they manage to stay lean and healthy. Um, They have low rates of heart disease and diabetes. So basically, why is this, right? Because if humans did that, very sedentary kind of lifestyle, uh, we'd be hosed, to use one of Mike's terms. Mm -hmm. So... Having split from bonobos and chimpanzees between six to seven million years ago, uh, there were two crucial moments here, according to Annie Lennon, uh, her reporting, two crucial moments that occurred during our evolutionary journey that seem to have triggered our genetic predisposition to need exercise. The first was 1.8 million years ago when humans began to use stone tools to slaughter animals, most likely after, after having chased them down. So again, we're we're back to Phil's, you know, meat and fire. It's <laughs> built into our DNA. Um, it says human bodies also began to grow, and the and the savanna that they inhabited began to spread. This then encouraged their need to forage more extensively for food. The ability to run longer distances and remain physically active for longer periods was necessary for survival. And they point to a reference here, Ponser, uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Uh, To be able to exercise more, our brains evolved to require less sleep, just seven hours per day, as opposed to the approximately 10 that apes need. Our brains also evolved to reward prolonged exercise by producing endocannabinoids. And boy, we just talked about that last week too, didn't we? Honestly, the whole endorphin hypothesis more or less debunked, right? Yeah, Yeah. and it's the endocannabinoid, the natural 
cannabinoid system that's that reward system. Uh, but basically, that's they're suggesting that's why human beings need exercise because we started you know hunting and gathering, and that required physical activity um, as opposed to great apes. I think that by comparison, I'm not saying they're not com- they're not completely sedentary, but you know they might stay a little more localized in the way that they munch their fruits and leaves or whatever whatever yeah so interesting stuff as to why people it's almost like that curse you know as part of our evolution we have bigger brains because of it um but now it's almost like a a vitamin or mineral requirement you know you have to have exercise or you you fall apart there's even some debate about even early humans how much did they exercise what type of exercise did they do from you know, everything from persistence hunting to, no, we just made tools and we threw rocks and spears at the woolly mammoth, and then we just did only sprinting, and we sat in our butt the rest of the day, and I don't know, I, it's probably all the above, depending on when you look at it, because humans tend to be the most adaptable, you know, we're pretty good at doing almost everything, but we're not, like, hyper-specialists, yeah. you know, so even the persistence hunting, one of the, the theories of why we can do that is because we have much better heat regulation. You know, we can basically keep pushing animals into heat exhaustion. But if we go sprint, you know, we're definitely not the, the fastest animals on the planet by any means. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's something primal. Maybe the ones that were good at lifting stones, you can see how where that might have evolved to in yeah. our sports, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I have one last one, and then we're going to check in with Phil, everybody. He's got a lot to talk about. Uh, tart cherry. Now, this is something that uh, maybe some of our listeners might use and abuse to their own ends. Uh, The focus was cancer patients, but it's about basically um, aromatase inhibitors, which we all know that sometimes bodybuilders and strength athletes will use. Anyway, tart cherry may decrease joint and muscle pain uh, that are brought on by aromatase inhibitors. It says about half of the patients who take aromatase inhibitors – Something like Teslac. I can't even remember all the names of them now. Um, basically, you know, they block the aromatization, right, of androgens into estrogen. And, of course, that's why some strength athletes, if they take supplemental androgens, they don't want them to all become estrogen, right, end up with, uh, you know, gyno and stuff. Anyway, about half of patients who take AIs also suffer from joint and muscle pain uh, known as aromatase inhibitor-induced arthralgia. This randomized double-blind trial compared the consumption of one ounce of tart cherry concentrate in eight ounces of water daily for six weeks. And then they had a placebo group. Now, again, this was in women that were breast cancer patients because that's the group that's really trying to block estrogen, right? If you have a a hormone-positive type of breast cancer, you don't want to feed it with more estrogen. And again, so you you can bridge any gaps here as you see fit, I suppose. In any case, uh, the patients documented their pain intensity at the start of the trial, weekly, and at study completion. And at the end, it says the patients that got the cherry recorded a 34.7% mean decrease in pain compared with just a 1.4% decrease in the placebo group. Hmm. Uh, Quote, the flavonoids and anthocyanins in tart cherry have anti-inflammatory properties and may be playing a role in reducing the side effects of joint pain and muscle aches. Uh, said Principal Investigator Maria Torona, Professor of Hematology Oncology at Marshall University, uh, Joan C. Edwards School of Medicine. Uh, th- these data were presented in Chicago recently. Uh, Shinoda, 
S-H-E-N-O-U-D-A, I believe was the first author. Uh, this was sponsored by the Cherry Marketing Institute. I mean, so mm-hmm. just to kind of share that. Mm-hmm. I do know when I was up in Minnesota, uh, one of my buddies up there, Gary Costello, he did a bunch of stuff with tart cherry and DOMS, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness, and it seemed yeah. to be helping with that. Uh, so here it here it's helping with uh, estrogen blockade as well, or, you know, or at least estrogen um, reduction as far as its function. So cool. More stuff about, you know, phytochemicals in, in fruits. Tart cherry doesn't seem to want to go away. Maybe it's just the marketing efforts. I don't know. I was trying to figure that out, too, because it's been around for quite a while. And, I mean, I looked at some of the studies on soreness, and, you know, there are some pretty okay done studies. It wasn't a miracle or anything like that, but it's one of those things where even at ISSN, someone mentioned it for uh, sleep, possibly. Again, I haven't pulled that study yet, but in the back of my head, I always keep wondering. I'm like, why does tart cherry, why that specific thing? And I always wonder, like, if the Heart Cherry Foundation or someone is sponsoring a bunch of these studies, or they got a bunch of leftover messed up tart cherries they need to do something with, or what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's curious. Maybe being the pessimist. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always good to be skeptical, right? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be any kind of godsend, but it sounds like it might be a healthy way, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, yeah. to deal with muscle and joint pain, especially if somebody is taking a aromatase inhibitor. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Phil, let's before we go to break, let's just check in about your your big back workout, and then we can talk about the NOV meet oh. after the break. But t- oh. tell us what your what you experienced or what what happened. Making those old man noises. <laughs> oh. well, I went up and <laughs> I, I spent a day and a half with uh, um, Dave Lipson up in Colorado. Um, him and Camille Blake Besnett are married. And they live on top of a mountain in in Colorado. We had a meeting, and then we went out and hiked the Rocky Mountain National Forest and this and that. He's like, hey, yeah, come on, bro. You want to go do a workout with me? I was like, sure. Let's let's go do a workout. Um, Dave's gotten into some bodybuilding stuff lately. So uh, so we drove down to Denver to get a workout in, and ended up we uh, – he, he works with a trainer a couple times a week when he can. And it ended up his trainer trained 75 IFBB pros. So I go in there and they're like, he's he's talking to me up like, ah, oh, here's Phil. He squats 700 for a double. This and that. The guy's like, oh, great. We're gonna have fun with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we're doing a back workout, and you know, I'm from a powerlifting background now, and I haven't done anything like this in a while. I was like, all right, let's do this. And we end up doing what we do: a total of eight different back exercises. Mm. They were all paired together. So we start out and we're doing. Rows with three plates. So we got hit 15. Okay, so we hit 15 freaking reps. And then uh, now we're doing next is force negatives. So oh. we have to do eight reps with 315, and then he jumps on the machine and makes us hold it while we have 315 Ow. of him. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> like five sets of those, and we're supersetting this with another move. Um, yeah, so it went from everywhere from, from super heavy to uh, – to really high rep, lots of drop sets. Like, okay, start at three fifteen, then we're dropping plates off as we go. Um, pull a plate, pull a plate, pull yeah, a plate. You strip, just keep going. Strip sets, and you end up down <laughs> with twenty five pounds, and you're just yeah, oh, you got fifteen more. No, bro, I don't. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and between the between the massive volume and the altitude, I'm dying here. So oh, this is a dumper, uh, right? Oh, yeah. 
That's, that's so I'm just like, God, I'm huffing and puffing, guys. I can't breathe. And, uh, yeah, and I knew I was in trouble. I mean, I walked out of there like somebody with imaginary lat syndrome. I mean, I was just puffed up. <laughs> and uh, by Thursday night, in the middle of the night, I could just feel everything getting tight. Oh, and I woke up yesterday morning. I can't straighten my arms. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> they're kind of stuck. At, um, oh, it was a great time. I mean, no regrets at all. It was. It's. I need to do more stuff like that, especially for things like my back and things that are, you know, non-competitive moves for me. Yeah, and it's just being tissue. Um, it's going to be interesting getting a squat bar today and trying to squat heavy. <laughs> but uh, oh, we had a good time. Lots of good talks. Um, it's the gym that Phil Heath trains at. Uh, so he wasn't in there while we were there, but there were a lot, I mean, a massive amount of competitive uh, bodybuilders and figure models and stuff. Do you know the name so, of the gym there? Armbrist. Oh, okay. Yep, I've heard yeah. of that. Mecca of the Mile High Mecca or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nice I place. I have been there, but I've heard it's great. Yeah, it's worthwhile to go to. And then they took me in the back room, so they have a back room with like a, they shoved the power lifters back there. So <laughs> <laughs> they had a funnel lift with some lifting platforms and stuff like that. But uh, no, it's a good time. We a lot of talk about just things I haven't talked about in a while. Me and the me and the trainer had uh, ran in a lot of the same circles back when I worked with T Nation and things like that. He's like, "Oh God, you worked there? Do you remember this guy? This guy? This guy? Yeah." <laughs> so he's been doing this stuff since the early '80s, and uh, but it was yeah, it was a good time. I'm just I'm just fried, man. I am nothing on my back that isn't in excruciating pain right now. Right, even still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was it was just a good time. So, cool. Yeah, and before that, I had the uh, the NOV event, event and things like that, and I got more stuff coming up. So, all right, yeah, we'll talk about that after break. Sounds like you need yeah. tart cherry, Phil. I do. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I need a lot of need that. Some so. liters of tart cherry, right? Yeah, a bucket of it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny with the negatives and the supersets and strip sets and all that stuff. It's like oh. you're like you're out of your natural habitat, bro. Well, I'm so <laughs> sore, like. The place I'm sorest is right below my elbow. So it's like my forearm. They got to the point where, like, like guys, I can't hang on to it. I can't hang on anymore. My <laughs> arms are, my forearm <laughs> done. You know? Kind of volume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. It's fun to do that once in a while. I was in Costa Rica, Ben House's place uh, last year and the year before, and we did this crazy, you know, mass 30 30 type training that Pat Davidson did. And then. Uh, the one time Luke Lehman from Muscle Nerds was there, so he took uh, my buddy Kyle and I through some lower body stuff for like an hour and 40 minutes, and I think he was just trying to see how sore he could make our hamstrings and glutes, and that was fun to walk around for a while after that. And then we, then our mother buddy, we went on a cruise, actually. He was like, hey, we should do arm day. And my buddy, he's got huge arms. I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> and we did the... The old run the rack where you start at the ten pound dumbbells. And we went all the way up to the forty fives, and then we went all the way back down again. So I think we had to do oh. eight reps of just bicep curls. And if we couldn't make it, then we had to do forced reps. So Oof. we did bicep curls for literally like thirty minutes, just like the three of us going back and around. And oh my god, oh my god, my arms are sore for eight days. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how this was. It was like okay, we're doing nothing but back moves. For yeah. A- for an hour. I was like, oh, God. Oh, right. <laughs> so It brings new meaning to the word swole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Your arms are literally like an inch bigger from just raw inflammation. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, everyone, we're going to find out about the NOV meet and what Phil's up to and 
just kind of hang out and, and shoot the shit. So we'll be back in a minute. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. Over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. <laughs> Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. <laughs> Okay, everyone, we're back after having a little uh, off-mic discussion over break here. Mm -hmm. We're going to check in with Phil. This is sort of story time with Phil, but these are real stories um, from the NOV meet to what's coming up. Um, let's just let you riff on this, man. Like, what happened mm -hmm. last week? I mean, Mike and I, you know, we were running all over the place, and we couldn't converge. I, I really wanted to go and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, maybe just share what happened and whatever. Yeah. Um, geez, it's been like it's been a crazy packed June so far. But um, for the NLV meet, everybody kind of tried to start showing up Friday. I met up with Juliet and Jim, had a good time. They they came and checked out the facility for the first time, and uh, I loved it. You know, had a lot of talks with Jim, but basically loved loved the facility. We got everything set up, and uh, it it went off just. Just to summarize quickly, it went off without a hitch, man. Everybody had a, an amazing uh, time. I nice. think uh, we're already in planning for year two. So just from how well it went, uh, we had the music blaring. The brewery was there slinging out beers and the barbecue trucks. So 
Um, yeah, and it went about as planned as far as like even who won it. Like the the guy who won it, Brian, ended up winning the biggest money. Um, the the strongest person won. So, which was what we were hoping for. You know, the person that was just the biggest and strongest ended up taking home the most money. But then at the same time, one of my women beat out a bunch of men and took home money. So, because it was, it was not, uh, there were no gender classes. Uh-oh. So, it was everybody going against everybody. Um, and basically, we just took Wilkes and kind of uh, didn't adjust the coefficient, but we just used press instead of instead of uh, bench and uh, trap bar deadlift instead of deadlift. And just put them all head to head against each other, and um, Gina came out and took third and won a thousand dollars. So Brian took home forty five hundred dollars because he got first in the NOV meet and biggest deadlift of the day. So five hundred for that, four thousand for uh, winning the NOV meet, and then one of the guys that did the Ironman, which Ironman they had to do all of the NOV meet, which was three attempts at squat, three attempts at press, three attempts at trap bar deadlift. Then they went outside. Um, and did sheaf weight over bar. What he was heavyweight, so he had to do 500 pound farmer's walk, 700 pound yoke, and uh, 300 pound keg, as many loads as you can do in a minute. So he ended up winning the Ironman, and he took second in the NOV. So he took home a, a nice, nice chunk of money. Um, and who took uh, Gina took third, and then we had another another girl just barely. Uh, one of my girls took fourth, so she was just out of the money. And um, yeah, we had uh, Jim was there, Matt Vincent with Hate Brand Goods was there, JB Boss was there, Patriot Plates was there. So just a lot of people having a good time. We ran it nice, and it, it was it was it ran smooth but slow, you know, on purpose. We just gave all the athletes the time they needed, and uh, ran them through, and it kind of worked real well as far as. Uh, we ran it more like an Olympic lifting meet than a powerlifting meet. It's kind of like a hybrid way we ran it. Um, like an Olympic lifting meet, the bar only goes up. So you start at 100 kilos and, you know, you don't lift below that or whatever. So with this, we ran it to where uh, that part ran like a powerlifting meet. Everybody took their first squat. Everybody took their second squat. Everybody took their third squat. That's done. So what would normally happen then is flight two would all do their squats. Yeah. Instead of this, we went them right. Okay, that group goes right into your press. So, okay, you guys got 10 minutes to get ready. You're pressing. So right after they finished their squats, they had 10 minutes to go get ready and press. And then we pressed. And then they had 10 minutes to get ready and go and deadlift. Then they deadlift. So you're done for the day in a, in a quicker fashion. You're not there. You don't have to hang around all day and wait for everybody to squat and everybody to bench and everybody to deadlift. Okay, I'm finally up again. So, I mean, you were done within a couple hours <clears throat> instead of seven, eight-hour day. So, and I think everybody loved that. Everybody just liked something different. Um, the resounding theme was, man, the press is a lot more interesting than the bench. So <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the crowd liked that more. And then I also think it helped that we had multiple things going on. So with, between not just the, the lifting events, but also like food and, and beer and things like that. So. When when the guys and gals are taking their 15-minute break to get warm up or pressed, you didn't have to just kind of stand there and have nothing to watch. Everybody kind of goes outside. Now they're watching people show up, throw sheaf. And, okay, this is starting up in here again. You know, you got to kind of wander around and, and do whatever you want. And it doesn't hurt when you have, you know, Windler walking around, Matt Vincent walking around, things like that. Uh, you could just go talk to them. Mm-hmm. So 
he kind of kept kept you busy and uh i will say the sound system worked pretty good too one of the that's one of my gripes at a lot of meets is like the crowd is getting blared with the music and the lifters can't hear it and the crowd can't hear the announcer and so basically what i did is i i rearranged all the speakers in our whole gym and they all faced away from the crowd towards right in front of the lifters so all the music was blaring right in the lifters faces and then all the PA system was going out towards the crowd. Um, so we were that able to crank so up much music. sense, Phil. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So all the music was blaring right in the lifter's face. So you didn't have to crank it up that much because the speakers were like yeah. four feet away. Um, and then right behind that, going the opposite direction, was the PA system. So, um, And I had a lot of fun with the PA system. I ended up running it. So, And I might have had one or two too many beers. But they were really good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. And uh, so lots of money given away. And, you know, we're already talking about year two, making it bigger and better. And I think after talking to Juliet, we were talking about a bigger venue. But they really want to keep it at my place. They're like, we just love the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's a little smaller. And we could have grown. We could have doubled the size we're at. So it's like, why go bigger now? We can keep it there in this old warehouse kind of off the grid. Um, and I think the plan is to up the prize money from 7000 to 9000 just for that one event, and then whatever we get for the others. So, How did the yeah, money, kind of Phil, how did the money affect all of it? Did it help with positivity and energy, or, or did it make people a, a little more deadly serious? You know what I mean? I mean did it... Uh, the only thing I think that hurt, and I, I've talked to this about several people, it's sad. Um, there's this new class of lifters now. Like for me, I've always wanted to go to, as a lifter, I always wanted to compete against the best if I had the chance. And that's why I like going to meets like Record Breakers and stuff like that. I know at 43 years old, I'm not going to win Record Breakers. You know, it's just something I know. But I want to know that I can still step on that platform Mm -hmm. and I go there and I'm in the final flight still with those guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I might might be early in that flight, but hey, I'm there. You know, and that just says something to me. And uh, so uh, now, like Brian signed up really early and I potentially I made the mistake of announcing it. And Mm -hmm. I think that scared a lot of people away because you've got this new class of lifters that will all go if I can win. (laughs) <laughs> you know, okay, if yeah. I can't win, why am I going to go? So I think that scared away some strong people. Um, but in general, the people that showed up didn't didn't mind that. Um, they loved being involved with what they were involved in. And they pushed hard, and they gave everything they had and had a good time. And uh, even the people that didn't win money were totally stoked with what they pulled off. So, um, yeah, I think the money – the money definitely helps. I mean, we're getting in that day where there is actually money in strength sports. So it's right good. On. And this is a, the one there was money in a strength sport that was basically just pulled up out of Jim's head. So <laughs> I like that. Everybody kind of liked, liked that format that it was like, this is something different. You know, I'm not just, it's not just a powerlifting meet. It's, you know, it was something a little off the norm. But, I think that's actually good. I mean, if you're strong, you're strong, you know, including a, uh, off the beaten path kinds of things. Yeah. You know, be able to show that. So. You know, next year we should, uh, I, I was thinking about this last week actually when I was in Vegas because I, you know, I wanted to come out to your thing too, but we should set an Iron Radio like Coach's Choice Award. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, that way it's not just the winner, but almost like it could be sportsmanship or just oh, grit or almost yeah. anything. And then, yeah, and it's just completely subjective and people know it oh, from yeah. the get go. And basically, <laughs> Phil just gets to pick, like, here's why. You know, I thought you were a standout, and here's why. Here's, like, the Iron Radio $500, something like that. Yeah. That might be worth it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So. No, it was a good time. We had everybody from Brian who, oh, he kind of went easy. I'm going to say that, but uh, he squatted 820, pressed 305, and deadlifted 840. But <laughs> mm. but we're getting him ready for the a big meet down in San Antonio, so it's kind of one of those days where it's like, uh, here's kind of the numbers we want to hit. And uh, and it ended up being enough. So um, the trap bar threw him off a little bit, but he was still able to get 840. It was just – he's like me. The trap bar – I hadn't trained on one for years until I bought them for this event. It's harder than a regular deadlift for me. Hmm. Probably just, just not, not used, used to it. I'm not used to it, <laughs> and it's different. Yeah, it's like much easier for me to do a, a, a pure hip hinge move than mm-hmm. it is that. Um, I'm just stronger that way. So – and it was a little bit, it was a little bit different for him too. But some of the guys where I have other guys in my gym that are able to do a hundred pounds more on a trap bar, yeah. or me, it's like a hundred pounds less. Um, but I think, I think Gina helped helped it with her taking third because it showed. And I was saying this to people at the beginning because the way Wilkes is built and the, the huge numbers women are putting up now, Wilkes is broken towards women. If the right women would have showed up, they'd have swept it. Like mm-hmm. they did, they'd beat Brian, they'd beat everybody. Um, but they didn't think about that, so maybe maybe we'll have some more thought put into that next year. What were Gina's and, numbers in her body weight? I think listeners would be pretty uh, surprised at what she's doing, at least from what I've seen. Weighs one hundred and thirty ish pounds right now. She's got a good press, but her press is like one fifty, maybe so more than body wow. weight. Right. Um, she deadlifted three. 57, I think it was. Wow. And squatted. She's squatting 315 when she wants to at any <laughs> time. So at 130. Nice. 130. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's a strong little gal, but she's got a pretty damn amazing press. So, um, and a good bench, too. That's what she's been losing weight recently. And that's the, the one lift that didn't go down was her pressing stuff. So, <laughs> squat and uh, deadlift. But squat kind of took a hit from losing 20 pounds or so but not bad i mean like i said she's still hitting she's still squatting 315 yeah but, uh, <clears throat> yeah and then we had the gal that won the, the um iron man so we had one girl that did iron man so she won that and we had a lot of injuries coming into this meet we had a lot of people back out we had one guy back out because he blew his achilles tendon one guy back out because he blew his knee one guy backed out because he slid his hand completely open, could no longer hold onto a bar. Um, oh. Yeah, so we had a bunch of those. But that's uh, all before the meet, obviously. That was the weeks before the meet. Yeah, nothing, no injuries at the meet, not one. Nice. Just, just life stuff that happened before it, which was kind of a disappointment for those people. But uh, all of them were really cool about it. One guy, one guy I let back out early. He's just like, I can't do it. He was trying to train and, and hit the loads. I was like, I can't do it. And then we were kind of uh, one of my lightweight guys was helping run it. So one of the things that we did was coming up to it was film him, film him doing the heavyweight loads. And I was like, come on, guys, if I can do this, you can do this. I weigh 190 pounds. So <laughs> and, and then we had Allison doing the men's lightweight loads. So 
just kind of trying to prove people. But I think it's like anything. We planned on this not to be huge in year one because it's so different. So we kind of knew that would happen. But uh, went from there. Now it's just now we got year one in the in the docket and everybody loved it. Everybody from the competitors to the vendors. You know, the vendors was like, this is great. They were already asking, when's year, when's year two? And I think we're going to go a little bigger. Like I said, we'll go with the NOV meet again and probably a full strongman and maybe a full Highland Games if we can pull off the field space and things like that. But just some more events going on. And it was fun. Like Matt Vincent jumped in and did Chief with all the guys and things like that. So uh, we had extra stuff going on there as well. And I think we're going to do a little bit more of that little extra events that anybody can buy into and do. It just keeps the crowd involved, things like that. So, and then, like I said, it was good to, good to catch up with Windler Talk Shop. So it's always good to, good to see them. Yeah. This is, this may be the first time he's been out of his house in five years. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the first that time, one day. Yeah. This is the first time he's been out, uh, it was funny because even the day before when they were traveling, his wife was like taking pictures. I got him out of the house. We're driving to the airport and posted on social <laughs> social media. So we were we were showing the. It's like spotting a yeti right yeah. out, out of its it's natural environment. So <laughs> the Patterson footage. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. No, yeah, this is their first time out, and it, honestly, it was Matt's first time out, Vincent. So I mean, oh, wow. Mike Beach had been out, but Matt had never been out. So. They did some. They stopped in Kansas City for a little bit, while, and then came down to our place. And then we all ended up over at you know the Norseman Brewer who bought beer to the to the event afterwards, and just talking a lot of shop and things like that. So, yep, that's kind of that's kind of how things went down. But it was it was a real good day. So, Their time frame for next year, same time ish. We're looking at. I don't want to. My big thing is I have to. Uh, before we announce it, I want to verify it with them, but the date I shot so far is, let me pull it up here. It's not Father's Day this year. That's one thing that might have hurt us as well, is we put it on Father's Day. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's the week before Father's Day, so it would be oh, June 13th. So this year was the 15th. We're looking at June 13th, possibly. The weather was great. You know, it was it was warm, but it wasn't excruciating. So next year, this year, it was the 15th. So that's what we're shooting for. And th- that was the other thing that kind of hurt us is that last year it was like three months ago. We're like, hey, bro, let's do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was a short time frame. So we had a lot of like, uh, Jim's followers all over the world. So I had a ton of Canadians and people from Europe and stuff like I want to come, but I can't pull off a visa and time off work in three months. Right. Oh, we want to announce it at least like seven months in advance, and really build up to it so people have time to to get travel arrangements made. Because we had people from, you know, Colorado, uh, California, West Virginia. Um, yeah, it was all over the place. It wasn't just people from around here. It was people from everywhere. So, um, it just had so happened that the strongest people were from right here. Just that's because of, that's not my fault, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it uh it went good and then a lot of people in the crowd i think were just we had a lot of people that were uh i want to do it but i'll come watch you know and i think a lot of those i'll come watch will be the ones that sign up next year good too yeah so 
um, yeah, so we I mean, we had a good crowd. Everybody was involved in it. And lots of cheering, yelling, screaming. Just like I said, it was a, it was it was a little more laid back and let's have a good time, you know, type of stuff. It was refreshing. So, so how did uh, how did Jim go about it? Since he has sort of a public, you know, he has a fan base and that kind of stuff. Did he just have some beers? And it's not like he's high strung or anything. But did he yeah, or, he or, or coaching cheered for people? And then he just walked around and cheered for people. Had a good time, talked to people. Okay. So I'd be sitting there announcing and watching him, and he'd he'd come over and watch you lift. You know, he's watching the big lifts happen and, you know, clapping and cheering for people. He just kind of wandered around uh, the whole time. Good. Hugged babies and kissed people. So. So so what's what's next? You said you're busy doing all kinds of stuff here. Oh, yeah. June's packed. So it started off with that, getting ready for that. And then I flew out to, uh, like we talked about a little bit ago, Dave Dave Lipson and Camille LeBanc Bazinet's place. And that was, I flew out, I arrived there Thursday, I guess you'd call it Thursday night at midnight, so, or Wednesday morning, however you want to look at it, Wednesday night or, or Thursday morning, uh, spent Thursday there and then had to get up at 4.30 to fly back, so mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff with, with Dave, spent the whole day with him, like I said, just having meetings and going to train and talking shop, it was interesting to hear from him, he's been involved in the crossfit side of things for a long time he was a he was a professional baseball player for five years and then in the crossfit stuff and now more leaning towards uh bodybuilding stuff after he's had back surgery and things like that so i'm really really pushing the hypertrophy training and then uh this coming wednesday i fly out to super training to see mark and them again so i'm sure he'll put me through some crazy workout because mark's just that way so uh yeah, and then finally June's over, man, and I'll be I'll be caught up. But yeah, well, I'm I'm like Mike this month, yeah. I'm away, away every week, or have something big going on. So and then we're caught up until August, and then in August I take Brian down to the big tribute meet in San Antonio where he can hopefully win twenty thousand dollars. So, wow. yeah, we're we're keeping it busy, and keeping it real. But yeah, one of the things that I thought was interesting that everybody talked to was we. I was talking to Jim about because we both train a lot of younger athletes, high school and things like that. And one of his star players uh, ended up getting picked up by, I don't know if you call it drafted in college, but whatever, um, picked up by Ohio State. And he was one of the 125 kids coming into a new class for football. And uh, they do like their, kind of like the combine day. So where you have the bench press and the shuttle run and all that stuff. He won every event except for one, which was bench press, and he took second. And this is a kid that weighs like 195 pounds as a freshman, and he hit 20 reps on the bench press and 225. Wow. uh, Damn. Yeah, and he said he ended up getting at 190-some pounds. So he got pulled to the side after it, and all the coaches were asking him, how how did you do this? How did you get ready for it, this and that? And then he said he told them what he'd been doing with Wendler. And uh, this is where it gets kind of discouraging as a strength coach. And uh, they kind of blew him off, they said. What? And, yeah, and it's you kind of see this because Jim isn't one of those people. You know, you kind of have to be in that crowd and shaking the right hands and things like that when you're in the collegiate strength coaching and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, he got kind of blown off as a dismissed what Jim had done for him. So, and he's mm. like, whatever. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to cre- keep creating 
All stars. But you know? but what did yeah, they attribute? Yeah, I think I do it. What did they attribute it to then? Just the, his yeah. talent, raw talent, or something? Yeah, or? pretty much. Like, oh, okay, it was just luck then. If it was just Jim doing it, so okay, uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. But and you see that a lot, and I, I mean, we even see it with other high school coaches. That's like the kids I'm dealing with is like, it's no secret that the kids that are breaking all the records of the school and knocking home runs are the six or eight of them that come to me. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what they have in common. You know, they're your athletic freaks. And uh, no, and just talking about how at the high school level, especially, and I talked about this a lot with Dave uh, Lipson, and like his career got cut short in professional baseball. He's like, he never got any kind of training until after. And he said, the, my longevity would have been better. But with these younger kids, it's, it's not rocket science, it's just making them stronger. And it, it helps dramatically you know yeah it just get them basically stronger in in simple moves and don't hurt them you know and that's the the problem is you get in get into some of these places and the whole it's all about super functional training and sports specific and this and that almost to their detriment uh to the point that like all they're wanting to do with these better players really is not hurt them like okay we're going to keep you entertained and not hurt you well you can do that same thing and make progress like the chances of of hurting somebody squatting as long as you're not being stupid about it is pretty low. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as you, you know, we're not maxing out all the time, things like that. If we just slowly, incrementally go up and make you better at it, uh, you're going to be better. And if as long as they're practicing their sport at the same time, we talked about that a lot with with Dave Lipson, like with pitchers. And that's one of the things I demand with all my sport athletes. It's like, that's fine. We're going to make you markedly stronger. We're going to get you going in these moves, but you need to pitch the whole time we're doing this because yeah, of course, if I take a picture and I'm like, okay, we're taking six months off pitching and we're going to do yeah. nothing but Jack, they're going to come back all screwed up. Rusty their body changed. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the machine that they're throwing with is now dramatically different. But if they pitch through this whole thing, the slow incremental changes, their body changes with it, you know, and the way they throw will slowly change with it because daily the, the change is so small that it's easy to adjust to. Now, of course, like I said, if we took six months and did nothing but training this, okay, now go throw a fastball. It would be all jacked up. You know, <laughs> he probably wouldn't be able to throw a strike. So yeah, like do your sport and then just do the barbell work. Yes. I would love. Maybe this has been done. I would love to see a, a direct comparison, like old school barbell training plus sport specific, versus some of this. You know, like you're saying, the strength and conditioning. It's the and yes. conditioning stuff that I think it kind of goes. Maybe we're at a point of minutia now and we need to return to some basics kind of thing because, I mean, I'm not – if you read some of the journals, like uh, – I'm not pointing a finger just at like journal strength conditioning research. Some of the studies I've looked at are like, you know, one leg, unstable, vibrating, force plate squats, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, why? Like, yeah. y- like I would want to see a substantial superiority of that over standing with a barbell on your back and just squatting up and down, Yeah, you know? But and I'm sure there are nuances and advantages, but yeah, it does seem to me to your point, it's just progressive resistance training that's what's making these kids so much better. They're just strong. Yeah. Well, and that's what we talked about a lot. Is like a lot of this stuff has turned into it's PT. It's not strength training. You know, it's gotten so sports specific that they're not really training these guys. So yeah, that's it's a tough one. Yeah. Well, is that it? Is that the 
that's going to be it for Phil then for about a month. You can you can relax in midsummer here. Yeah, right after this next trip, man. Like I said, that's a, that's another early one. I show up in Sacramento about midnight. I get to spend that next day there, and then I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to come back. So, and I'm sure, like I said, we'll have some interesting times out there with Mark and crew for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, I get July off, man. I get I get a relax in July. Next week's my son's birthday as well. He'll be four. So cool. You gotta kick that in, and then yeah, get back and get to the grind. Then we're getting close to the spot where uh, once August kicks in is where I start eating up as well. So I'll start getting myself ready for record breakers. So I'm gonna try and do a meet at 308 for the first time in my life. <laughs> so 308. Yeah, I'm my going for the God. 308 class. Yeah. So I've always been at 242 or 275. So, well, after this last meet, I topped out at 293, and I I cut down to 275. I was like, I'm not doing that again. I'm just going to go lift. You know, I might not be 308, but I'll be 290 something. You know, I just don't feel like cutting down. It's like, what what for now? I always preach people the only reason they cut is to break world records. So why did I cut and not break world records? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It'll be a fun case study, won't it? Like a fun case yeah. study that about, you know, we always yeah. discuss about how if you're bigger, you move more weight. Won't that be interesting yeah. if you go in there and you're, you've got 20 or 30 pounds yeah. on all your lifts just because you're a larger mammal? Well, I mean, I think that's a big reason why I squatted 705 for a double right before this last meet. is the biggest I've ever been. Well, it's the heaviest I've ever squatted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And it also does, I was talking to Dave about this, when you're talking with in, athletes like myself that have been through you lifted heavy things or you did pretty cool things as an athlete and then you got injured and you're getting older. It, it's really easy to get caught up in that, well, what, comparing yourself to the old you. Oh, yeah. Well, I've never been 308. I've never competed in 308. So I can't compare my 308 numbers to my, you know. It's easy for me to compare, well, I used to do this at 275. Why can't I do that anymore? You know, I'm in a whole new class. So whatever I do, it's the best I've ever done at 308. So <laughs> right, new territory. Yeah. 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 Good so. stuff. But. Yeah. And that would be awesome if we can talk offline even about doing the end of one case study of like before and then after just in terms of if you can pitch you into a DEXA somewhere or even oh, just yeah, basic fun. blood lipids and just just some basic baseline stuff. Cuz I think I haven't maybe you've seen some stuff on it Lonnie, or maybe you have Phil, but I haven't seen there's been a couple of case reports on natural bodybuilders and changes and hormonal changes, but I haven't seen much on powerlifters, especially going up in a weight class over such a relatively short period of time. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm more interested in the large mammals. I mean, no offense to the natural bodybuilders, but they're not large mammals. I mean, by the usual definition, <laughs> they're I I mean guys that are, yeah they're two seventy five three hundred plus and just kind of record them for for, for the record books <laughs> you know? yeah it's like an observational you know and a one mm-hmm. case report hey here's what it was you know add almost 50 pounds of mass in you know a short period of time i mean that's that's yeah. pushing the physiologic extremes well and that's what i'm looking at. i'm looking at i need to gain 50 pounds in 12 weeks Woo-hoo. so <laughs> i'm sitting at 250 right now um and that's one thing i need to watch this time i mean i've talked to lonnie about this at the last meet basically you guys know how i eat coming up to meets and Basically, it's just anything I can fit in my mouth. I got to try and wash that a little bit because after this last meet, I went in and at least I'm smart enough to go get blood work done. Yeah. And it was off. And it was off. It was quite a ways off. And yeah. my doctor's like, oh, man. And uh, so 
she was wanting to put me on statins and everything else. And I was sitting there trying to explain to her, say, you don't understand. (laughs) You're not understanding the amount of food, amount of stuff I'm having to cram in my pie hole. Give me eight weeks. I can fix this. Believe me, I'll get it down. And of course I did. Record it. Right. We, we need yeah. to record this stuff yeah. because, yeah, doctors are going to say, oh, that's not possible. It's like, yeah. but you don't work with someone who gains 50 pounds in 12 weeks and yes, the ridiculous things you do, you know. Yeah. 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 You don't gain. You don't naturally work with people that gain 50 pounds on purpose in 12 weeks yeah. and train really hard. Right. So and that's one thing I'm going to watch. I'm going to try and keep it a little more clean this time and uh, Pack in a bunch of food, but that's like we were talking about. I think it was Matt Vincent who's close with Half Thor. They were talking about his diet coming up to the world's strongest man that just happened, and uh, they were having problems putting weight on him. So they yeah. had to add what did he say? They added 36 eggs a day onto what he was already having. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And, and what he was already having was seven pounds of ground beef, supposedly 5,000 calories in rice, just in rice. Alone. Oh God! Which seems like an amazing amount, but uh, yeah. So, and then you look at that, and like we all think, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is like, he has the same heart I do. How long is it going to last? Oh. At four hundred and some pounds. Right on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's that's what I got to get to too. You know, it's like I'm not 25 anymore. Phil, like, and that I'm backing down to one meat a year. Well, I was going to say, I, that's what I suggest throughout the month of July, you just live on salads and carrot sticks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, my blood pressure is down to, what's it down to? We tested it at 110 over 63. Nice. So I'm doing great there. All my blood lipids are good. So the only thing that was a little low was my, I gave blood two days before my draw. So, oh. yeah, so you know, red blood cell count was a little low, Yeah. but uh, not bad. Um yeah, I got everything back into working order. I've been riding the bike a little bit and things like that. And Balance. I'll try and keep some of that stuff up while I'm going up. You know, I don't go crazy on it. I don't. I just go ride. You know, there's no there's no time limit set. There's no like I'm gonna burn 300 calories. No, it's just I'm gonna just go ride the freaking bike. Yeah, I'm gonna have a good time and look creation. at the ducks while I do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, All right. Yeah, that's it, man. So. Okay, everybody. Well, there you go. Uh, we're just trying to hang out a little bit, you know, for a week or two. We've got some guests coming on that Mike and I bumped into at the ISSN meeting in Vegas. We'll probably have them on. Um, but yeah, some low key summer gym talk. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for at least over the next month. So yep. sounds good. All right. So guys. All right. Bye bye. See ya. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. 
And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each haul of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, The stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.